0: Hello, and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. A couple of days ago, I had the honor of interviewing a guy named John Lincoln, uh, who is an Inc. 5000 growth company. Uh, He's the CEO of Ignite Visibility. He's a digital marketing uh, expert. And he brought up stuff that has been stuff that Kirk and I have talked about forever. And it was so much fun for me, and after I shared it with the team, that, that our craziness is actually being corroborated by other people's craziness. But today, we're gonna, to talk about what some of the stuff that I talked about with John, which is how we here at Top Advisor Marketing want you to market like you're a business, not just like you're some shop that, you know, is kind of a mom and poppy sort of thing. So Kirk, where do we even begin with this, brother?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first time I heard of the idea of what you just said, I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase Michael Gerber. And Michael Gerber, world-renowned business consultant. Uses the words own a business, not a job. And I haven't gone here for a while in our conversations, but mindset is everything to be more successful at how you market in your business. We've talked about it here. We're going to give you, we're going to get into it today a little bit more. So you need to think about your financial practice like a business and you need to market like a business to set yourself up for sustainable success. And the first title of our episode for this, actually, when we, when we thought about it was market, like you own a business, not a lifestyle practice. And then you and I both kind of paused and were like, Hey, that doesn't make any sense either. Like, why does it really matter what kind of business or what size of business you have as a, as a financial advisor or professional advice giver? Because if you have a lifestyle practice, wouldn't you want a powerful marketing machine, like a system? to produce opportunities, to build brand awareness and have a system that you don't have to, that just kind of runs, right? and builds momentum in your business. So this is for really everybody, every style type practice or financial firm. But if you want to be successful, you got to market, you run your marketing like a business and stop dabbling.
0: Yeah, no more dabbling, man. What, one of the things that you, you said a little while ago on, on one of our podcasts is that, you know, you should give your per, yourself permission to market to who you want to market to instead of just kind of casting that net out into the middle of the ocean. And something that you're going to talk about now is this idea of kind of how you do that. You've referred to that as the growth pyramid. Would you mind breaking that down?
1: Absolutely. I was actually speaking with a friend of ours, Coach Joe Lucas. And he has a certain way that he loves to explain how advisors should invest more in marketing and how to to think about marketing. And so these actually, I named it the growth pyramid for fun, but this is through a conversation I have with Joe and Joe likes to break it down to these three things. And I don't want to take credit for stuff that I got from somebody else, but he likes to talk to advisors about this way. And he was, he's bang on with it. And I've taken it a little bit further, but that's what we do. So branding is really one third of how you view how you're going to grow your company. And that's your story and then who you're telling that story to. It's really important that you invest in having a story that really resonates with the people that you want to work with. Right? When you just said a couple of minutes ago, market like you have a choice of who you attract to your business. That's a big deal for a lot of financial advisors because I don't think most advisors think they really have that much of a choice or it's too difficult to get there. That's not true. The second part of the growth pyramid is marketing. And that's really having a system of staying connected people, attracting people to your message and being able to tell and share that story on a consistent basis in as many places that makes sense for your audience, right? So being omnipresent across social media and the digital landscape, SEO, websites, thinking of all these things that can help you stay connected and telling and sharing your story on a consistent basis. That's marketing and you need need to have a system to make that happen. If you're you're staying connected with people, I'll actually get back to how these are all interconnected in a second. The third piece is business development. And that seems to be the place of the focus of most financial advisors and their mindset is, I don't really need a system as much. I just need whatever I, I just need to get people in my office to, to talk with them. What's the most direct and obvious way to get to those people? That's where most advisors focus. And what, what Joe sees in his business is that when you can figure out how to get all three of these things working, you, now you're running like a business. But if you're just business development, another word for that is sales. You're just focused, you've got a sales mentality, not a marketing mentality. And if you want to run your company like a business and create this flow of opportunities, you need to think about what we're talking about right now. So, how do these all work together? Here's a perfect example. This happens all the time. We had somebody, I've used a story a bunch, but Somebody who was thinking about podcasting, who was also introduced to webinars. They were a seminar person that were introduced to webinars over the COVID pandemic and the economic crisis that we're all experiencing. And they said, why would I do podcasts? I can just do webinars. So what's the difference? And I said, well, in your webinar, all you're ever doing is presenting to skeptics. But if you're running a podcast, the people you end up talking to are, are fans. And that depends on on the kind of business you want to run. And they are very comfortable running a sales-oriented business where they had to go through a long sales process with everybody, chase people to get them into meetings. Every time the webinar was done, starting from scratch, don't get me wrong, webinars, seminars, those can have a really integral place and you should not stop doing things like that. We do a webinar every month and and we enjoy doing it. And we do webinars uh, for other organizations as they ask us. But our goal is to try to turn people into fans before we ever work with them because fans advocate for you. We made a great example the other day. I'm talking to somebody who I've been talking to for a year. And I I think I I use this example last week, but I'll use it again. For a year, they've been listening to and implementing stuff. They're learning from us, from reading our white papers, listening to our podcast, and they're having success in their business. And when I was on the phone with this person, I said, you've been, you're a success story for our company. They're like, what do you mean? I'm not even a client. I said, I know, but you listen to our podcast all the time. You give us feedback. You you advocate for us. You're engaged in our social media, advocating for us. And you've implemented all kinds of stuff that we taught you to. You're a disciple, really, of our, of what we preach. And he was like, I've never thought of it that way. I said, Yes. I said, that's what relationship marketing is all about. It's way different than lead generation marketing. So the idea is that if you're running business development stuff and you don't have a good story or you don't have a system, when that business development activity is done, it's done. I like to call that sunk marketing, right? Well, that's what we like to call it. But if you've got a system that takes those people and, and continues a conversation, or before they even came to that event. They were already a fan because they've been listening to your podcast. That's marketing. And that's having a brand, that's having a system, and that's and that's being good at business development. Business development really is having strong call to actions. But if you have all these three things running for you, you've got a smoking opportunity to grow your business. That really is the growth pyramid.
0: Now, when it comes to identifying the problems that we're seeing, that people aren't marketing like a business, if they don't have those three things in place, there are reasons why they're still providing uh, some sort of resistance uh, to really taking their marketing to the next level. And you've been on lots and lots and lots of sales calls. So what are the sorts of things are you hearing, whether it's from an objection standpoint or from other people within our community on why people aren't doing these three things?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a number of different problems. The first one is that, this just hit me really last week, is that I I find that, I wonder when advisors are listening to marketing experts. When I say experts, I'm quote unquote, because just because somebody says they're an expert doesn't mean they are. You gotta decide for yourself if they are or not. And the only way you can do that is really following and listening and engaging their expertise. But if the, the expertise only comes out in a sales call because they're not doing anything, then how can you learn about them? Which is the same thing I want you to look in the mirror and think about too is how do your how do your how do your prospects figure that out? But anyway, back to my my the problem here is that I think that when advisors are listening to to marketing experts, I'm wondering if you're listening for what you want to hear or what you need to hear.
0: Wait, stop. I want you to say that again.
1: When you listen to marketing experts, do you listen for what you want to hear or for what you need to hear? There's a wonderful example of us, and, and we had a, a post that went out and did a podcast on it about picking a fight with, with other marketing companies who always engage advisors in what they want to hear. 10x your business, fill your pipeline with prospects. I it's the same stuff they can only market that way because that's all they got and they know that's what you want to hear and advisors fall for this stuff all the time all the time i can tell you that over the years anytime that we put lead in in a title of an article or anything like that it always gets a big bump in views it's crazy they're marketers are marketing for what you want to hear not what you need to hear and what you need to hear is you need to approach marketing differently you need to you need to understand how to create a plan you need to understand that growth pyramid for your company branding marketing and business development all integrated you just do one it's a problem i know this for a fact because when we do when when we were doing branding for all these years the the most difficult part was people didn't know how to turn that into business development have a great brand, have a great story. We create some marketing. And you know, we, we there was a gap in what we were doing. We filled that gap. And now we focus on filling that gap with podcasting, some of the other digital promotion services we do. But it's a big thing. You got to figure, figure out how to coordinate those things. So I also think that a lot of advisors listen to the broker dealer and what they're saying. They listen to Uh, their peers, and they listen to these advisors. And if people aren't giving you what you need to hear and don't have a real game plan for you, then you're just getting bad advice all over the place. I've I've had feedback. If you can't get me leads, don't call me back. I can't invest in marketing until I know the ROI. And if I can't measure it, I can't implement it. You got to think beyond these things. Everything that you do in business does not have to have the specific measuring tool. You have to it, figure out it how it. And then there's a lot of things that are in your business that you know are important that you can't measure, and you still do them. So st- don't get stuck on all that stuff. Don't get stuck on on just listening to what you want to hear. Figure out, you know, listen for what what you need to hear from people, and respect the people who are giving it to you straight up. Yeah they probably got your best interests in, at heart more well, so
0: than, than the other. I, I, love, I love the, uh, if I can't measure it, I can't implement it. And if I, you know, I can't invest in marketing until I know the ROI, but you know, there are still people out there who are using newsletter services and market commentaries where they can, they can't point their finger to the $50,000 that they've spent over the last five, 10 years on these really canned pieces that haven't provided them with ROI. So those are really poor excuses because first off, It isn't an A plus B equals C equation. Even if you're doing marketing, you might have marketed inside your book of business and retained a client that you didn't even know you were about to lose. Can't really track that. And by being omnipresent and ever present with branding, marketing, and business development, all of a sudden you're going to retain existing clients even more. And you're also going to have the opportunity to make yourself more referable and you're going to have the opportunity to really start creating some inbound traffic that can change your business. But none of that matters unless you have this next thing. So what's the next thing?
1: So the next thing is that you've you've got to figure out how to create time for yourself to be able to take care of growth in your practice, right? And you got to be able to figure out where the talent is, who who can do it, who's capable of doing it, and who has the time to do it. And then you also got to think about budget in your practice. So one of the things that you talked about a lot is it's not what you have to do. And I mean, it is, but it's more importantly is who's going to do it. It's not what and how, it's who. Because you can come up with all kinds of ideas, but if you can't figure out who in your world is going to execute with with excellence on what you need to do, then you're, you're at a point of failure before you've even begun. Right. I mean, you got to figure out the mindset, figure out what you're going to do, have a plan, strategy, but you got to have somebody that's going to implement it. Truth is, is most advisors do not have the time. They don't have the talent. They need to figure out who else is going to do. This is a big, a big shift happening in the world is figuring out how to outsource the right kinds of things. In my opinion, outsourcing marketing is a really important thing. To There's too many areas of expertise and you can't find that in one person. You're real, and you're not probably not going to be able to find it two people and if you're hiring one to two people you better have some high expectations from what they're going to be able to do because you're paying two full-time salaries benefits and you're managing people but if you can find the right partner and you can outsource what you need to and you don't have to find just one partner outsource you can find people who can play well in the sandbox together but they got to philosophically believe in what the other one does and how they fit together And how the heck are you going to know that unless they're sharing their expertise? So look for people who are out there putting their ideas out into the world. If you go to a website and it's just all flash and promises, just move on past that because they haven't been able to create a story for what they actually do and why it matters. They're just talking about the outcomes. They're just dangling the carrots, right? So go find some good people, find people who can connect and work with each other. And one way to do that is actually find some people on LinkedIn like us. We'll, we share other people we work with all the time because we know good marketing people. So follow us or follow people who who share other people that can do stuff, not just act like they can do it all for you or don't talk about other people at all. So look for those people on social media. Look for people who share their expertise and think about outsourcing. The other thing, and this is a big question, is how much to spend on marketing. There's the rule of thumb. I think it is, I got to be close to 10%. If you don't have much of a budget, start at five and build up to 10. But if you're going to do that, you got to find some really efficient marketing to when you're at five, but 10% to me is the benchmark, the minimum benchmark. But you were talking to John Lincoln the other day. What was he telling you?
0: Uh, John was telling me that uh, minimum is 10 when you start really humming as a company, it's freaking twenty percent, dude.
1: Yeah, we're we're in the fifteen to twenty percent. We're in that mode. A lot of it is people paying people to get all of our podcasts out, promotion, social, all that stuff, and run webinars, execute on keeping your website up to date and stuff like that. We may because we're doing so much that increases our our cost, but. It feels like the right amount what we're doing. I mean, well, we want to do even more, but if you're five percent, if you're below ten percent, you got to figure out how you're gonna you be more efficient get the right things happening in your marketing.
0: Well, and it's going to take more time, right? And as a coach and a consultant, that was one of the big things that we did a lot was sit down and talk to the advisor and the team about how much time they're spending on different things. Listen, the business development, the things that Kirk talked about before, organic marketing techniques that we've shared on these podcasts, they all work very, very well and have a very, very small budgetary constraint, But you have to be willing to do the work. You have to be willing to go out and press the flesh. You have to be willing to make the phone calls and you have to be willing to do a lot of things that a lot of you don't have time for. And one of the big business philosophical changes that has been happening recently is this idea of outsourcing. In fact, I was just talking to an advisor. I'm going to digress real quick, Kirk. I was just talking to an advisor that's a friend of mine here in town. And uh, we were talking about what his team looks like now, and he's like, Matt, I've got three people who don't work in my office who are now some of the best employees or team members that I've ever had, and they're all home office people at the BD because the BDs realize that a lot of advisors need to outsource stuff, and it's really hard to find somebody who understands all of the broker-dealer, RIAs, general agencies, whatever paperwork, and so he's using these internal people And it has saved him so much time and so much money in the long run, even though it cost him money. And I'm costing air quoting there up front because he had to make that philosophical shift. But all of this doesn't matter. Right. None of this matters if you're not philosophically in line with what we're talking about. And Kirk, for the first time since I've ever known you. You going to, you're going to make a prediction. And I don't think I've ever heard you make a prediction before. So let's wrap today's podcast up with your prediction.
1: I think I have, but I might not have positioned it this way. So when you're in business, you're always, you want to forecast where your industry is going and what are things that are happening in the world that are going to change how you approach growing your business or managing your business, right? Right. So Matt just talked about the fact that lots of people are working remotely now, and that can have a huge impact on your business. Uh, We talked about outsourcing. So outsourcing means you don't have to pay benefits. You don't have to, typically, you don't have to manage people as much because they're self-starters and you don't have to pay for office space and things like that. So there's some really interesting business advantages that are happening. You need to stay on top of them. Here's another prediction for you one of my favorite marketing minds and gurus that I've learned a lot from over the years is Seth Godin. And I've never, I don't know if it's Godin or Godin pronouncing this.
0: It's Godin. Is it? Yeah, it's Godin. Yeah.
1: So back in 2008, Seth had a quote and I'm going to read it word for word because I have it pulled up here. He said, back in, back in 2008, he said this, Content marketing is the only marketing left. So if you don't know where business is going, marketing's going, what's effective, that can be a major problem in your business. So here, the prediction I have is, I call it the race to relevance. Financial services always seems to lag behind, and that's fine. I mean, some industries are just like that from a marketing perspective but content marketing is the only marketing left. You've gotta figure out how you're gonna get in the game. If you don't get in the game, eventually it's gonna be the race to relevance. You get where I'm going? If we've got podcasters who've been podcasting for three years and you think you're gonna jump in 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 a couple of years from now or a year from now or two years or five years from now and start being a content marketer when other people have been doing it for all this time, you're kidding yourself. You can expedite it to a degree, but most advisors are not going to have the budget to expedite it like a a larger company could, right? You're going to have to pay your dues, so to speak. You're going to have to grow and put the effort in and wait for that momentum to build. And the more people that are doing it, the less impact that's going to make. So you want to be into this content marketing game sooner rather than later doesn't mean you have to be doing podcasting with top Advisor market. We'd love to have you, but you got to figure it out. Are you writing a blog? Are you doing video, doing podcasts? Probably should be doing all three. What are you going to start with? What are you going to be good at? If you can't showcase your expertise and get in that content marketing game and beginning in the content marketing game, by the way, is not buying content from a content library trying to fake it and hiring a company for thinking a content marketing strategy for 500 bucks from a library company that also runs a newsletter. You ain't going to cut it. You gotta figure out how you're gonna get in this game because at some point it's gonna be the race to relevance and you don't want to be behind too far. Yeah. You don't want to be behind at all. In fact, you're better off being lead. If you're and if you're wondering, I've had some people say to me, Oh, podcasting is saturated. Oh my goodness. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I got some incredible stats that I can share with you. Are you ready for some stats?
0: I love stats. Yes. Give me some stats.
1: Let me give you some stats to compare to understand where podcasting's at. Radio advertising, we're off on a tangent here, but let's have some fun. Radio advertising revenue in 2019 was $36 billion. Podcasting advertising in 2019 was $678 million. That's less than 2% of what the, the ad revenue is for radio. Here's why that's going to change immensely in the coming years. 78% of podcasting consumers approve of podcast advertising. That is insane. Just think about that. Four out of five people are, are, are happy, are good with being advertised, being marketed to in the middle of a podcast. A couple of years ago, I think that there was an idea that there wasn't so much. Sometimes I can hack in organically by the podcast host sharing a product or an opportunity that they like. We do it all the time here, if you haven't noticed. We don't charge people for it. We talk about other people's software, other people's businesses all the time, but people are asking for money for that. And the other neat thing is that, so the CPM, so the cost per thousand to an advertiser to get their stuff seen on a podcast is over two times the, the average of anything else. So in other words, the value of being heard on, a, having your ad heard on a podcast is way more valuable. It's way more—it's over double the price, but that's because it's way more valuable. So those are some really incredible stats. For apples to apples comparison, there—right now there are two, right now they're about the stats differ, but there are 1.5 million podcasts and 78 million episodes in the world right now. That's according to Listen Notes. Other people have got different numbers, but I've heard also uh, 500,000 podcasts in 2018 and over a million today, and that's from another stat. So they're, they're, they're a little bit, that's for podcast insights. So let's just say there's around a million podcasts, somewhere around that today. There are, so 1 million, right? So right now there are 2 billion websites, 2 billion new blog posts every year, 600 billion blogs altogether, so podcasting is not even close to being saturated, not even close. And it really needs that recently from iHeartRadio is that 70, the, 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 there's a, a jump over the pandemic and people listening to business and finance podcasts by 78%. So there's some really interesting things going on. Podcasting is a, a, an incredible opportunity. Video blogging are really important too. So think about how you're, you know, think about the race to relevance. Start now or soon. Don't push this content marketing off and have a plan. Think about how you integrate the three things from the growth pyramid, which are brand having a great story, marketing, having a system of business development, having a call to action, and now and a way to convert those opportunities into, into real business. Create uh, some synergies between those things. Understand. Um, what's happening in the world consider outsourcing all these things anyway rant over
0: all right, brother. Well, I think we're going to leave it with that rant, man. So if you uh, have not subscribed, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And if there's anything that you want Kirk and I to talk about, any questions that you have, that we'll do like a top 10 questions that we've heard through uh, my email, Matt at And Please make sure that you email me, or if you have a guest idea that's actually appropriate for our podcast, because we've been getting a, a lot of really weird requests. But if you have somebody in financial services or who's a small business owner who could truly provide all of you with information that you want, please make sure you email. Email me, Matt at topadvisorm.com, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.